0: with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk, Sandy. Hey. Brandon Hub, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you, sir?
1: I'm great, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, we always are looking for up and coming stars and I hear you're one of them.
1: Yeah. Trying to be, I'm trying to, uh, climb my way up to the top slowly, but surely, um, uh, I'm kind of a, a younger guy still in the pro class classes, ATV racing, but I'm trying to, uh, hopefully one day be the best.
0: How old are you?
1: I'm 20 years old.
0: Oh, you still are. You're a baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been racing my whole life. Um, I started when I was four, I think was my first race, but, uh, yeah, I've been racing my whole life and I turned 20 in August. So I'll be 21 around, uh, actually one of our races, I think falls on my birthday this year. So yeah, kind of pretty young still, but I feel like I've been been doing it a long time.
0: How many years have you gotten the pro class?
1: Uh, This is my third year. So I went pro in 2000. What would that be? 2018 was my first year in pro or no, it was 2019 was my first year in pro.
0: How'd that work out for you?
1: Um, My rookie year uh, started off kind of rough. Like it was a pretty big transition coming from pro-am into pro. Um, But I started to learn at those first couple of races and then the end of the year I ended pretty strong. Um, and I got my first podium in that rookie year of pro, uh, Unadilla, which was awesome. And I also got to learn a lot like racing up in the top five. Um, and then I started to qualify better and just kind of learn more for speed, um, being up there. So I, I ended my rookie year good. Um, like I definitely don't have any complaints about it. I, I really thought I was gonna do better than I did, but those guys are on another level and that kind of opened my eyes to that.
0: Well, generally when you go from a pro-am or an A-class to a pro-am or as you jump levels, it's always a little eye-opening because the speeds are not what you're expecting.
1: Yeah, and I've been told that all like, you know, growing up, I always thought, uh, I don't know, I mean, I feel like I knew that they were fast, but I didn't think they were that fast. So, and then another thing too, was like the, the moto length. I mean, when you do 20 minutes, they're going as fast as they are. Like, that's a, another thing that I wasn't ready for. Um, and I had felt like that that's bigger than even, you know, like in pro-am, I think we did 17 minutes, but that 23 we do for, Oh, like, It's, it's a really long moto when you're trying to go as fast as they are.
0: Oh, I bet it is. So what did you change in your training schedule to promote or to get yourself better prepared for that?
1: Yeah. So, um, like I just basically with my riding, I would schedule days to where like, look, Hey, we're going to go the distance today. So I would try to do two. 22-minute motos or 25, um, and then like different days during the week, I would have my sprints or whatever. I would have set, but mainly it was just that the in practice, I wanted to go the distance so that way I was used to it on race day too. It wasn't like a, a big shock to go that long, um, but it's kind of hard with practice equipment for me. Like I had a lot of uh, mechanical failures that would prevent me from being able to do full-length motos, so. Like this year, I'm a lot better off on that. Uh, Like my engines are lasting long, and my bikes are holding together, so I can do those motos. But it was a tough transition because, like, I would have I would have maybe a couple weeks to where I couldn't get a good day of of two twenty twos in. So, um, yeah, it's just trying to do it in practice so you're ready for the race.
0: Do you do any cycling or? uh any any gym training like rowing or or weights or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um so I actually own a a training program for a lot of athletes. Um like I've worked with Joel Hetrick um and I kind of started doing that and that's what's kind of uh it's basically everything I do outside of racing actually is um I do endurance training like I'll I'll do a three week on of training and then a one week off to like like deload and then uh, it's it's really like specific um, but it's about anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a week of endurance training off the bike and then uh two to three times strength training per week also while trying to maintain my riding frequency so it, it starts to become quite a bit
0: really So how are you, based on the first moto or the first race into the 2021 season, how are you you holding up training-wise for the first race?
1: Uh, So I actually go – I typically go into the first race, um, like, pretty fatigued uh, because I try to keep building fitness until, like, halfway through the year. So the early races, I'm I'm going in pretty fatigued from my training. Um, but that way I can maintain a really good fitness level f- throughout the whole season instead of like being really fit at the first couple of races. And then like I'll be dropping fitness throughout the year. Instead of doing that, I build into like halfway through the year. And then I try to maintain fitness. Um, but when you're building fitness, fatigue comes with that. So uh, like for Daytona for me, I actually went in pretty fatigued which I knew that going in, but I knew it was an 18-lap main event. Um, But fitness-wise, I feel really good, like all my off-the-bike stuff. But sometimes that doesn't correlate well with with riding. Like maybe you'll have days where you just really feel off or you're not really flowing with the track. And, uh, uh, you know, you have days like that a lot. So it's not really like a consistent – I'm really fit off the bike. So that's going to correlate to fitness on the bike.
0: I want to, I want to know more about what, what your off the bike training is, you know, what are some of the things that, that you are doing, uh, for some of the specific exercises or specific events that you do, um, that would, that intrigues me.
1: Yeah. So I'll just give you an example. Uh, like for this week, so early in the week, I did uh, like my Monday was I did the distance on riding. So I wake up in the morning um, around like 7 a.m. and I'll go out for a 30-minute warm-up bike, um, and I do that at heart rate around like 120 for me, um, and that's just a really good warm-up before my my first moto, I guess you could say. And um, that moto, I do 22 minutes. Uh, Try to just maintain a really good intensity throughout the whole thing and uh, work on whatever I need to. Um, I'll do two motos typically. And then after riding, I'll either do a recovery road bike. So that'll be like 35 minutes. um, And that'll be heart rates anywhere from like 100 beats per minute to 120. Um, And then if I'm like really having to push that week, I'll actually train. You know, maybe two hours or um like an hour and a half to where I'll keep my heart rate um in that 120 to 130 range for me. But all my stuff, so like I, I lactate tests and I find out where I need to keep my heart rates to train. Um, like there's a lot of science behind it, but um a lot of my off-the-bike stuff is endurance work. Strength training, I like to use riding as my strength training, so I'll adapt from my riding. Um, like if you try to throw too much gym work with riding, uh, it actually can, you know, it can impede your recovery. So, uh, it's just important to balance your strength with your endurance and, uh, put it all together.
0: So when you endurance train, is that done on the bike too, or is that done off the bike? Cause I'm, I'm a little confused. I understand that you're riding a lot, but I still don't understand. Pardon me for not getting it. <laughs> Uh, i don't understand what you're doing off yeah no sorry the specific exercises or is it yeah. a specific uh, exercise uh
1: it's not a specific exercise like you could you could row you could run you could swim you could bike you could do whatever you need to do oh. so what builds endurance is um so like if i go out for a road bike um i need to collect a lot of time at a specific heart rate that's gonna increase my left ventricle size, uh, just improve my cardiovascular fitness. So I won't use, I will not use riding at all for any kind of, um, fitness, I guess you can say I'll use my off the bike work to increase my fitness. And then eventually that just correlates to you feeling better on the bike. Um, but the reason I cycle a lot is because, you know, like if, if, if I had to tell an athlete or if I had to tell myself, Hey, I need to train. Uh, two hours today off the bike. Well, it's really hard to go run for two hours because of the fatigue that it creates. So that's why a lot of of athletes use a road bike. A road bike is very uh, like low impact, so you can create a lot of time at that heart rate if that makes
0: sense. Yep. Can you kick that water bottle out from underneath your foot? Or? Yeah.
1: Sorry, it's, it's, it's my thing My dog's wanting to play. <laughs> sorry about that.
0: No problem. Um. That's for layman's terms from, from me to you, I think the, uh, cycling expands your lungs and allows you to breathe better. And I'm just putting it in the terms that I know you're obviously a little higher, well, way higher level than I am about it. Um, I liked the cycling because it made my lungs bigger or that's what I call it. And, and I could just breathe at a more relaxed rate when mm-hmm. I was riding
1: yeah yep yeah, that's the same the same reason that we use it uh like you can gain a lot of cardiovascular fitness just from road biking um like I said left ventricle size uh reduced heart rates so like when I'm riding now, I used to have a heart rate of you know maybe one ninety average on the track, and with improved fitness, I could maybe be at one eighty now so um all that fitness that you gain off the bike occurs i mean it, it correlates to when you're on the bike you know
0: Travis Spader, you ever heard of him?
1: Uh, I've heard I've heard of him. I don't know him, but I've heard of him.
0: Well, he trained th- – this is just little stories that I heard, uh, that he trained with a heart monitor, and he mm-hmm. tried to train as high a heart rate as he could and just push himself so that when he raced, his heart rate was less. And, and he was an animal. God, that guy could do just – he was just phenomenal, and he would push himself so hard and use the heart rate and 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 get it way up there you know
1: 180
0: mm-hmm. 190 you know in his in his regular training uh and and try mm-hmm. to do a moto at that rate and and i just think that's phenomenal I, if my heart rate ever got that high i'm gonna probably die
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i use every time i ride i have a heart rate monitor on also um and like i'll know i'm really fit or i'm ready to go race when i can go hold like three beats under my max for an entire, uh, 22 minute moto. That's when I know I'm really fit and ready to go race. Um, so that's why I use a heart rate monitor when I ride, uh, like, and if, and if I'm not riding, say the weather's bad during a week and I can't get a lot of riding in, then I change my training to kind of like, uh, pretend it's a riding day. So like I'll try to do a session to where maybe it's intervals, but my heart rate targets are, up in that intensity range of riding, you know? Um, so I use a, a heart rate monitor for pretty much everything I do.
0: So if you're, if it's raining, I'm assuming you live back East, which is pretty good, pretty good guess. So if it's raining or snowing and you can't ride that day, uh rowing machine, you know, if you're inside sprinting on a, on a treadmill, things like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, like an example session, if I was supposed to ride this day and it rained, um, I would either get on the rower or a treadmill or even a road bike. And I would do, uh, maybe like a really good session for me is two by 5k run at a goal, uh, pace with two minutes rest in between each 5k. So it'll be, you know, I collect 35 minutes of work. at at a heart rate of 185 average. Um, so that like that, that right there is 35 minutes of work compared to a moto. I only get 22 minutes. So like you could actually get more training adaptation off the bike if you wanted to. Um, it's just really fatiguing. Like if you try to do two sets of 5k run, um, with two minutes rest in between you're, you're pretty beat. So, but yeah, like I try to, do whatever I can to make up that 40 minutes of intensity that I missed riding.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to go over here and lay down in the corner and cry a little because that's a little more than I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I can, uh, I mean, that's just, that's, I guess it's sport. Like it's, uh, some find it fun and some hate it. It's just, I guess it's part of it now.
0: Well, tonight when I went training before I came here, we did the stairs from hell. And it's, <laughs> you know, we did 10 times, but you stretch it out over an hour. So when you come down, you have an X amount of exercises that you do. You take your, we usually get a minute break after our, our X number of climbs or whatever it is, you know, and at the end it was five in a row, you know, you had to do the set the stairs five times and, um, you know less than a minute afterwards my heart rate was already dropping you know below 130 so mm-hmm. for an old fat guy i'm doing okay that's awesome
1: yeah and that that heart rate recovery is a really good indicator of good fitness so i'd uh, say you're pretty fit
0: uh, you know i'm a little overweight but uh, you know we 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 get the job done and my my trainer or the, my friend coach whatever you want to call him is uh is phenomenal. He just does. He's relentless when we're on, he doesn't give you, he doesn't allow you to let your mind tell you you're tired. You know, he knows you're tired, tired. He can see you're struggling, but he always has a motivational word or something to make you keep going. You know?
1: Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's such a good thing to
0: have. Oh yeah. He just tells me I look like a sissy or whatever. And I instantly get irritated and <laughs> I'm not, not going to quit, you know, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty that, that's yep. pretty intense that you I worked understand. out that hard. I, I I'm impressed. I am really impressed. Do do you go to school or did you go to school to learn that? Or did you just learn it on your own?
1: Uh, So like I did online certifications, I really can't, so like in my future, that's what I plan to do for a career is I, I want to be an endurance coach for other sports other than motocross, but just with the lifestyle I have to live right now, I can't pursue college or anything. Um, so I got a certification, which is just a basic personal training. Um, and then I got insurance and stuff like that to allow me to legally train people. But uh, it's basically everything, like when I'm not riding or focusing on motocross, that's what I. I'm looking into and looking at research studies and talking to other coaches and, and always trying to like improve my craft on training other athletes. Cause that's eventually what I want to do one day.
0: That's um, pretty, that, that, that's an admirable career. I like that. Making sure that humanity is healthy um, is, is always yeah. a good thing to do, you know, because I think I believe that good physical health leads to good mental health
1: absolutely yep you know uh, both they both yeah come together
0: what do you do you do anything i know we're not we're supposed to be talking about racing and we're talking about training but i guess it's all hand in hand (laughs) Uh, you you just intrigued me by the things that you were talking about um do you do a special diet Uh, you know i mean i know you're 20 years old you could probably eat anything you want and it, it wouldn't affect you at this age but Um, I'm assuming based on the knowledge level you have, you're going to even the higher level with the diet.
1: Yeah. So the funny, it's funny you brought that up. I mean, I'm pretty crazy, uh, with my nutrition. Like I think I've tracked every day of food intake for like two years in a row now. So it's like, I'm an extreme case, but that's just because like, that's my life now. It's what I like to do, but I track my macronutrients and micros um, and I make sure like all my nutrition strategies for racing and everything is perfect. Uh, Like I, I take that to the extreme, but for me, it's like, it's, it's almost like a mental pledge. Like when I line up at the gate and I know that my nutrition is dialed and my training prior to the race was dialed, like it's a, it's a mental confidence boost for me. Uh, So that's why I do it. But yeah, I go to the extreme uh, with the nutrition too. So it's kind of funny.
0: Have you listened to Chad Weenan's episode?
1: I haven't. No, I have to.
0: Well, he talks about a plant based diet and being from the Mm -hmm. old school, old school that I am, you know, meat and potatoes type guy you know don't hold it against me I love I love my good steak and you know chicken and and things like that um what do you think of that
1: uh the plant-based like for me it's not what I follow but I do know you can be you can be the best plant-based also like people worry about you don't get enough protein and you might lack some vitamins or minerals but it's, it's the furthest from the truth. You can definitely, um, be just as successful and and powerful being all vegan or plant-based. I, I just don't follow it just because, uh, like, yeah, I'm just like you. I also like meats and, uh, chicken breasts and steak and and stuff like that. Um, and there's no evidence to support that vegan is superior to non-vegan or plant-based. Um, like a balanced diet is just as superior to anything else. It just matters on uh a lot of factors, like your your body weight and and a lot of people maybe have intolerances with foods. Um you gotta watch saturated fats, and there's a ton of stuff that you can you can monitor, but a balanced approach for me is what worked uh the best. And I mean, if if there was like evidence to support a vegan approach or plant-based, I would definitely be doing that. It's just There's not much evidence to support any kind of superior for it, but.
0: Well, at 37 years old heading towards 38, he's doing something right. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying it works for everybody. Uh, Oh yeah. You know, uh, and, and, you know, you take a guy like him that was a, uh, that was a high level athlete before he got into ATV racing, you know, with weights and things like that, he had to change his whole body style and outlook on life to do that plant-based diet.
1: Absolutely. And I have a lot of respect for that because I mean, to me, like if you look at Chad now that it definitely raised the bar for him, like he's very lean. I mean, his body fat percentage is very low. You can tell when he talks to you and his arms and stuff like the diet's really well for him. Um, And it seems like he has great energy on it. Like I have the the most respect for that. I think that's awesome that he did that and kind of brought it to the sport for us.
0: Yeah. I I was shocked when he was talking about it, but when you start thinking about, you know, leaner um, and there, again, you probably know way more about it than I do when, when I uh, think about leaner I'm just cutting out pasta and bread and rice um you know and and potatoes that's what I do I mean I'm still eating the meat and the chicken and you know I have a little more broccoli and occasionally mm. I'll put down some tuna if I can stand it um but yeah I mean yeah I've been able to lose weight my whole life until I got over 50 and now now it's 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 a fight, I mean it's a struggle. I have to really cut my portions way back, but I'm not we are going racing like you are, so it doesn't really matter other than I got yeah, happy
1: <laughs> yeah i I mean I know for me like in the in, in in season compared to season, my body weight fluctuates you know like ten to twelve pounds, so like when i when it's the off season i'm just I'm pretty much pretty chill like. Uh, I definitely let my body fat get a little higher and then towards the, actually, so midway through the year, towards the end of the year is when I really lean out, um, because body fat and heat is a big deal. So like leaner you are, the better you can tolerate heat. So in those summer months, uh, it's, it's important for me to be pretty lean so I can tolerate those hundred degree days, you know? Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much behind it.
0: So. everybody's body's different you know i'm a i'm a thicker guy and i would rather it be hot i'd rather it be 110 degrees than than 40 every day of the week just because Mm. i i get more done in a hot on a hot day than i can on a cold day i mean i just my body just doesn't function yeah you know yeah yeah
1: there's definitely some people like that
0: my weakness mentally is it's Mm -hmm. cold when it's cold, I'm struggling, you know, that's why I'm on the yeah, West coast. Yeah. East coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, how involved are mom and dad, you know, and then the rest of the family?
1: Um, not that much. So like they were, uh, heavily involved when I was growing up, obviously. And then Uh, Kind of around like um, I got homeschooled my sophomore year of high school and I pretty much lived on the road since then. Like I kind of, I left home in Nebraska and I started to live like in Florida and and places where I could train. Um, And then that's kind of when my family and I like kind of got more distant and they don't really go to too many races uh, just because obviously they work and stuff like that. They definitely support me. Um, It's just to me, like that stuff doesn't really bother me. I know that they support me and, um, like, it doesn't matter if they're there to watch me or not. I know at the end of the day, they, they want me to do good, but yeah, we don't really, uh, it's definitely different than most, most families. Like I, I've been doing this kind of alone since I was about
0: 15. Wow. That's freaking crazy. Do you, do you travel with a group or is it just you traveling by yourself?
1: It's just me. Uh, I just try travel, like I go to where people, you know, if I get invited somewhere like to stay, I'll go there. And then a couple of weeks I might leave and go somewhere else or go stay at this track or that track. I literally, uh, I just plan on the fly. Um, but I, I go by myself and, um, well, I actually just got a puppy. So now I have someone to travel with,
0: but yeah, just all on my own. That's freaking, that's admirable. That's awesome. So in the off season, do you go back to Nebraska? Uh,
1: This past year was like the first year I actually did. Usually I'll only go home for maybe uh, a couple weeks at the most. Uh, This year though, I got hurt. I broke my wrist at a race. So I, I couldn't do anything and I couldn't work or anything. So I I went home for that. Um, But which was nice. It was nice to get home and see some friends, but usually I don't go home very often.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, that's crazy. So, uh, how's the wrist now?
1: Oh, uh, the wrist is great. It's like, uh, it's back to 100%. I don't have any pain at all. And, uh, I gained all my flexibility back at first. I had some flexibility issues, but now we're, we're all good.
0: A lot of uh, extra training. I'm sure that, that you took it to the extreme to get yourself back to normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had to change. I did a lot more strength because I I actually lost a lot of weight um, after my surgery and got really weak. Um, But I I knew I could get that back. And I feel stronger now than I did before. So, changed some training up a little bit and uh, gained all that strength back for sure.
0: Well, I'm pretty impressed by just talking to you for a 20 year old. To be as dedicated to your craft and your racing program, and then to do it all on your own is pretty amazing stuff. And you, I work, appreciate it. you work jobs on the road. So is that how that works?
1: Um, yeah. My training business is actually what allows me to live. Uh, so I'll do my training business full time. And then I make money at the races to live off of. And that's just what I've been doing uh, ever since I I started doing this. So I, I try to work in the off season. Like if I could get a job sweeping floors or something, I'll do that. But when it comes to like January, uh, uh, closer to the season, I just go full time with motocross and uh, my off the bike training.
0: That's that's a pretty awesome deal, man, right there. I'm assuming you're in Florida right now.
1: Yes, sir. I'm in Florida. Uh,
0: are you at a training facility or just somewhere random?
1: Uh, I'm at a training facility. Uh, it's called Decker Training Facility. Um, it's pretty close to Tallahassee, uh, Panama City area. But I've been here for a good bit now. Um, I came here like in November actually to get back on the bike and um, start training in warmer weather and then yeah these guys have been so awesome to me and allowing me to stay here and they have a gym here two tracks it's just it's a great place to be
0: everybody's there aren't they
1: yeah there was it was uh there was like a ton of people here before daytona now there's some people uh they're kind of going towards texas because our next race is texas but yeah there's been a ton of people here
0: that's crazy that you guys all train together and you go race together. So are, are you pretty tight with most of the other pros?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I'm friends with pretty much everybody on the pro, the pro line. Uh, I get to talk to them a lot and hang out outside of racing, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's honestly all really cool.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, we got off track a little bit. How did the first round round go for you?
1: Uh, I ended up fifth overall. Um, I got second in the heat and fifth in the main. Um, it, it was a really crappy main for me. I feel like Uh, I had a pretty bad start and then uh, I worked my way into the podium spot around the halfway point. Um, but to get that place, I actually like landed on a rider. Um and then I, I lost my front brakes. So like I I was blowing turns. I couldn't stop. I had to like coast the turns. Um, like I, I did what I could. There's no excuse about that. Like I'm not blaming those front brakes. It just definitely sucked. But um I ended up losing two spots and I went back to fifth. But I was in that third place spot. So it it sucked to lose that for sure.
0: Well, it's it's fifth's nothing to shake a stick at it coming out of uh, out of that race, right?
1: Yeah, I'm 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 happy with it. I'm healthy, and a lot of stuff bad can happen at Daytona. So that was it's good to be healthy. And the thing that sucks is I just man, I really wanted to start the year off like on the podium. That would have been cool. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with the fifth place.
0: Yeah, especially coming out of Daytona, you you just never know what's going to go on.
1: Yeah. It's so tight. Like the racing is, is crazy there for sure.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, Joel, Joel didn't fare as well. Yeah. That that kind of sucked for him.
1: Yeah, that really does. It was so tight. Like the racing, especially with them getting into lap riders as fast as they did. Like the track was already narrow. So if they were having a race in front of the leaders, like, Oh yeah. It was, it was a really tight, uh, racetrack.
0: Do you not, not to point the finger at anybody? Cause that's not what I'm trying to do. I just want to ask a perspective question. Do you think that it was bad track management with the blue flags or do you think it was rider error?
1: I would say rider error. Uh, like, I mean, I know, I know the rider that, was at fault i mean he's a really good guy i just think yeah i mean it it sucked where it happened to but uh i feel like if i was in that position uh it's hard to say yeah like i don't want to say i would have done anything different but i do think
0: wasn't he racing for position at the time
1: yeah he was in a battle with uh with stanfield so it was, it was really bad timing on that side. Like he didn't want to lose a spot, but I know I st one Stanfield saw that Joel passed, he let him go. And then I don't know if, if he knew that it was Joel or if he thought it was Logan. So it's hard for me to to really say anything.
0: Wow. That's, it's just a bummer, you know, that, 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 yeah. that happens. They had a uh, incident at the works race last at the uh, second round with a pro section that they have. And it was just a bummer that the uh, point leader in the series uh, got wrapped up in that, in that negative, but you know, it happens. There's nothing you can do about it. Th- these promoters and everybody's doing the best they can to, to put on the best show because most of the time it is a show, you know, right. it is a show. It's not most people think, well, it's a race because we're going there to race. Well, you're also there putting on a show, believe it or not.
1: Absolutely. Yep. I totally the, agree.
0: The spectator base may not be quite as big, but uh, there's a lot of people around the country that are looking at it as entertainment value. Um, you know, and I try never, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth, you know, trying to say, cause I didn't see it. I, I just have heard and talked to a couple different perspective people on it. And uh, yeah, I, I just feel bad for the whole, I feel bad for both parties. 'Cause because the one guy's yeah, getting, so do I. Yeah. The one guy's getting probably a ton of hell and I don't even know who it is. And I don't want to know. And 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 then poor Joel is is, you know, banged up going into the second round of the series in a deep hole. Right.
1: That's 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 what's bad is like what a what a crappy way to start the year. Now he has to to dig out of a pretty big deficit in points. So yeah, man. I'm just glad he's he's ended up being okay, which is awesome.
0: Didn't he have a, uh, another child right after that?
1: Yeah. Like I think it was two days after Daytona. Uh, they, yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? They just had their baby boy. Yeah, it is.
0: Oh, uh, it's pretty awesome. I, I had two grandsons born last year. Wow. Y- yes. I'm that old. I have six. Awesome. I have, I have six grandchildren. <laughs> you know, all my kids are older. than Wow. Me. That's awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It, it, it's, it is pretty cool. Um, what are your, what are your plans? I know you want to do fitness after racing. How long do you think the racing career is going to last for you? I mean, I know you're pretty young and you're in shape and, and you can go quite a while.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go until uh, until I have no support behind me, Um, because if I can't give it 100 percent in my in the program, like if if there's something lacking, then I I won't want to do it because I don't know. I just can't. I can't like give anything less. So I, I hope that'll be when I'm 40 years old or something like I'd love to race until I can't walk anymore. Um, racing is literally my, it's, it's my whole life. Like, I don't even want to think about the day I can't do this stuff. Um, so I'm just hoping with, uh, years to come that I have support behind me. Um, and I want to be, I want to be where Chad is one day. And like, I feel like I didn't come this far to to quit early and, uh, I, I got to get some wins and I want to be able to experience the whole deal before, before I go out, you know,
0: well, knowledge is power. And you're a smart kid. And I think Thank that you. your education in your training is, is going to help you. And then the education you'll gain by learning, because learning how to ride an ATV takes a while. That's why if you look at the, the whole of the AT, ATV industry, most of your champions, not all of them, but most of them are older. Because you need to learn your craft, and craft takes. Yeah,
1: I I think. Yep.
0: You know, there's, there's.
1: Yep, and I'm learning that right now. Like what I know. Go ahead. Um, I was I was just saying what I know right now. Like, I didn't know two years ago on the on the bike. So like, I I learn every year a lot of different stuff. Like just the way you approach corners and the way you need to turn on certain track conditions. Like there's so much stuff you learn just from being, you know, getting older and and riding and putting in laps. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can just keep learning, man.
0: You haven't even gained your main strength yet. You know, you know, they talk about
1: I I hope so. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're still young. You're still, uh, I mean, you probably know more about this than I do, but your, your development, you develop as a, into a man up until you're like 25 years old. And then you get into that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. 20s early mid thirties and you have where you're the most powerful you're going to be, you know, for most men and you know, you're 10 years away from that. So if you start yeah. compiling some victories and some compiling some some championships early, just think what you're going to be when you get into that man strength deal where you're just a tear.
1: Yeah, I I love to think like that. I hope, man. I I hope for sure I can. I mean, look back at this podcast even and, and when I'm 25 or 26 and say you were right. <laughs> I really hope so, man.
0: Well, you know, it's not about whether I'm right or not. It's whether you're right or not. It's whether you stick with it. You know, the zero quit policy, um, Mm -hmm. working until you get reach your goals and uh, establish, you know, yourself as the guy and, not everybody can do it. A guy like Chad had to sacrifice so much to be where he is, and you understand sacrifice because it sounds to me like you're sacrificing and you're understanding what it takes to do what you do,
1: yeah, and I actually learned that from uh, I, I've seen old videos of Chad when uh, the, I, it was some movie series or something. I actually sent it to him one day um when I was younger, but like I've seen. Him transform into who he is now, and that's so inspiring for for someone like me, me. That you know, he was on a TRX 450 changing the oil in this video, and it, it just reminded me of a, of a me like right now. You know, so it's cool to. I aspire to that. Like I aspire to, whatever you know. There, there's there's bumps in the road, and it's a long journey to get to where he is.
0: Exactly. And and knowing that you're not going to get there overnight, knowing that you can't rush it because you can't, when it happens, it happens when it's supposed mm-hmm. to happen, it'll happen. And if you force it, it's not going to happen.
1: Yes, sir. Totally agree.
0: When you put that wheel in and you're not and it, and you're not going to make that pass and you put the wheel in anyways, something's going to happen and you're probably not going to like it right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: You know, being overly aggressive can be backfired. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's guys that made a living. Joe bird made a living out of being aggressive. Um, but it didn't always work mm-hmm. for, them. I mean, it worked a lot, but it didn't always work. Well, I
1: just look at the saying too. And, uh, from a really good endurance coach in triathlon, which to me, it correlates in everything in life, but it's, um like intensity makes a great story, but you know, consistency makes champions. Like I feel like Chad shows that. I mean, you could have a really aggressive or intensity uh mentality, but consistency is what, what makes champions.
0: Look at look at how great Joel is. Look how fast that guy is. He's just he's he's phenomenal on the back of a quad. He can mm-hmm. do things no offense to you or any of the other riders, he can do things that the rest, he can do things that Chad can't do. Right. Yep. But what he can't do or what he hasn't mastered yet is the consistency. Yeah, for sure. When he does.
1: Oh boy. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, I feel like he is there. Like, the guy's riding is, is top of the level right now. And now that him making the switch to the Yamaha, I know he's a really, I mean, he's in a really good spot. Sorry. I got my dog, just grab another water bottle.
0: That's okay. I'm just going to give your phone number to my daughter when she's editing it. So when you start getting text messages with bleep, bleep, bleep on it, you'll know.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah that works
0: well not everybody knows and obviously you're you're new to my the, the podcast um or atv talk anyways uh when we started this i had no idea i'm not a media guy i'm a race mechanic i build race bikes i, I build mm-hmm. for a living that, that's what i do that's what i want to do that's that's what i've always wanted to do i do this because nobody was telling the story you know, nobody's, nobody, mm-hmm. your story wasn't getting out. Chad's yep. story getting out. Joel's story. Nobody's story was getting out there. You know, I mean, Cody had a good thing, yeah. it, but he was only hitting the motocross guys, you know? And, and there's so yeah. many like yeah. the old school three-wheeler dudes. Mm-hmm. They had so many cool stories, you know? So that that's mm-hmm. where this mm-hmm. came from. And I kind of lost track of what I was trying to get to as far as what I was going to yeah. say, but when you go back and listen to some of the older episodes, um, it's just, this is all about the love of the ATV sport. And you have that passion. I can tell by the look in your eye when you're talking to me that you're hooked and you're hooked for life and you'll, you. you will, will develop yourself into this industry somehow and you'll be here, you know? like the like a, like a chad like
1: thank a, you for that
0: well it's the, the, the truth is the truth i i'm only telling you what i see in your heart when you look in the mirror you're the guy well, you know and and that's one of the things that i think that most yeah I, don't you and when they look in the mirror they gotta they, they, they have to pull uh, the, they gotta yep, know
1: I, right mm-hmm. i know for me yeah i like I, I like that you say that. I mean, those words mean a lot. Um, for me, it's like uh, the reason why I feel like like racing. I mean, it's hard to explain. So when I wake up, right, my whole day is about ATVs and racing and being the best. Like I'll I'll wake up and if I'm having breakfast, I'll turn on YouTube and, and go to a Joel Hetcher GoPro and I'm watching a GoPro footage from a race. You know, like like.
0: Oh wow! and
1: then I'll go ride I'll be done riding and I'll get on the road bike and if I'm inside on my indoor trainer I'll have my computer on watching racing and then it'll be eight at night everyone's you know eating dinner shower going to bed I'm on on rip it up films watching racing like for some reason I don't know what it was ever since I was young like I've been doing that um I have really cool stories with some guys I know from Nebraska that uh, like they've known me since I was really young. Um, and they watched me podium at Unadilla and, uh, like it was cool for them. I mean, we were in tears. Like I was that 12 year old kid that was saying, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the first rookie pro like to podium and this and that. And I wanted to, I had all these big goals. I was going to win pro-am. Okay. I had this stuff wrote down. I was going to win pro-am, which I did. And I even said, like, I was going to win Pro Am at 17 or something, which I did. And then I said, in Pro, I, I said I was going to win a moto and then podium. I didn't win a moto, but I did podium. So, like, it was cool to look back at that agenda. And I mean, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I eat, sleep, and breathe it.
0: And, and like,
1: I try to do things that other people won't do.
0: And that's what's going to take you to the top. Keep. Keep your goals. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) You have a fire and don't let anybody extinguish it for any reason. You know, um, when you bring people into your circle and you bring people into your life, make sure that they understand that. You know, um, my wife is a non-off-roader. So she's not really into what this is. Mm -hmm. And. Mm-hmm. It's taking her a little bit of time to adjust to the fact that this is what I do, this is all I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna yeah. suit and tie. Well, and it's the boardroom,
1: right? It's funny you say that because, yeah, like I, I actually, uh, I'm a really quiet kid, and, and the way I work is like if. You know, if someone comes into my life or something that doesn't involve racing or make me better at it, like I don't pay any attention to it. so like i like I'm like you in that aspect, I guess if If someone doesn't understand um my racing, then yeah, we just don't click, you know?
0: Well, that will change for you, and it took a long time for me, trust me, I have a few ex-wives. I know, I know Mm -hmm. that's a horrible thing to say, but I do. And my wife now, um, she's the first person, not counting my children, uh, that I met and that I care more about her than I do anything else. Um, Granted, I still love going to the races Mm -hmm. and still love doing everything that I do. Um, But when she needs, I understand that it's my job to take care of that. That's, that's the person she, who, who she is in my life. And whether you want to believe this or not, that person's going to come into your life and you're going to be like, Oh, wow. i am been yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure. It happens to all of us. Sure. I, yeah. I hope you're yeah, luckier than I am. And you find that person early in your life so that you get to spend, you know, 50 or 60 years with them and they get to enjoy your championships with you. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's about. You know, my mom mom and dad have been married.
1: Uh, Yeah. It's cool. Like, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Speaking about like that, I actually, uh, um, my, I have a girlfriend, uh, and it's, so it's Carly, which is Joel's wife. It's Carly's little sister. Uh, So like she's been involved in the racing scene and stuff and like, it's really cool. Uh, she goes to the races and yeah, like she's already into the, the racing lifestyle. So like it, it works out really well.
0: She understands the whole thing. So it's not a distraction. It's a bonus because she's already sees the mentality that you have and she knows where she needs to be to help that get better.
1: Yep. I mean, she helps me with training, like, uh, she'll tell me, Hey, did you, you know, like if I'm not feeling up for doing a a two hour road bike, she'll ask me if I did it, you know, like, like it's, it's another, it's just, yeah, she helps me. She really does.
0: That's, that's most important is having people around that are going to help you reach your goals, even when you're mentally not ready to reach them,
1: you know? Right. Yes, sir.
0: It, it, I've been. I'm very blessed. My uh, <clears throat> my daughters do pretty much carry the load for ATV talk. I mean, I do uh, this portion, and I uh, do other behind the scenes things. But if it wasn't for what my daughters do, this wouldn't all happen. You know, and that stems from their mother, yeah. uh, who mm-hmm. has an amazing work ethic. But their mothers just as behind it as, as they are. So those three, you know, she pushes all three of us to work a little harder to develop a better product. Um, and the reason, you know, some people have heard this, but, uh, but I'll tell you, I'm tape a uh, double taping. This mm-hmm. We will probably try to go video and you'll probably be one of the first episodes in the video string. That's a ways out, but Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're changing the way we're doing things. We understand to grow, we have to do video. It's just like you to grow. You have to have better quality machines. You have to, you have to do a better job in your prep. You have to, you have to take on the same attack in your physical fitness as you do in your maintenance and your, your bike prep. So that your bike, yep. your, your quad can do the same work that you can do, so mm-hmm. that you have to get to the goal. You have to get yep. to the finish line. You know? Yeah, absolutely. The, the best line my dad ever told us was, "To finish first, you must first finish." Yeah. You, know? so
1: you. You said you were a mechanic, right? You said a race mechanic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you understand all the the maintenance behind a, a good program. It's like like uh me staying here in Florida I spend more time doing bike maintenance than like most people could imagine you know it's kind of cool
0: riders that have professional mechanics take care of their machines have no idea what our life is like because you have yeah. no, you're spend your whole time prepping machines you know cuz I work a full-time job I work for Duncan Racing um full-time and and more than full-time really and on the side, I have a, a business that's fed by Duncan Racing, where I prep machines and go to the races for people with those machines. Um, besides doing ATV talk, I didn't think I was busy enough, so I started ATV talk. Uh, twenty twenty and and twenty twenty one are a little. Um, I haven't been traveling as much um, because. There's been a life change in my family. Most everybody hears it every episode, but my mom is really sick and um, we need to be here for my dad. We need to be here taking care of her. It's not my wife's responsibility. It's mine. And my brother does a great job with what he does for my dad and and my mom. Uh, But it's my, my turn has to come. So I need to be around to do my portion as well. Um, but I'm hoping that sure. uh we'll get some new things and I'll be able to go back to the races and and uh take care of you know finishing my career in that. I don't think I'm done. Uh, I know I'm 54 years old, but yeah, I still have the like Chad said, I still have that burning desire to win.
1: You know, yeah, that's awesome.
0: And and you know, uh you should do a little history search, search, so you know what it is and and who it is. Just like I'm learning who you are, and that's what I love about what I do. I get to meet mm-hmm. so many cool people.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna have to look into you. I got this is the first time meeting you.
0: Exactly, I'm hoping that we're hoping that we can bring this on the road so that I can travel back to some of the races. And uh, maybe not all of them, but a couple of them Mm -hmm. and be able to do a little bit of live work with some of you guys and talk to you and meet you in person. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's what we're hoping for. Um, We'll see how it all works out. Um, There again, I don't necessarily want to be a media guy. um, And I don't consider this media. I consider this telling the story of the ATV community. And it's not me telling it. It's you telling it. I just have yeah. I'm the I'm blessed to be sitting on this side hearing your story and intrigued by everything that you say um and I know we got a little off track on the race thing because I was so intrigued by your training schedule and, oh, and the knowledge you have of it it's it's I haven't heard a racer talk like that in a long time
1: Yeah no thank you yeah <laughs> I mean, it's cool cool to, uh, like, I don't get, I know it's, it's cool to talk about. It. And it's a lot of stuff that nobody really, I mean, it's not really talked about. So
0: I think that I, I still think in, in not maybe in motorcycles, I think in, in ATVs, they're still trying to catch up on the physical fitness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like you look at the dirt bikes with what Alden Baker's brought to, uh the training side of of mx like for me and that's what i saw right away was the at least for like the atv motocross side there's a huge hole in that like everyone just kind of does the same thing or if someone says they do this then they just kind of oh i'll do that too like there was no really uh like yeah there's just a big hole in it and uh eventually i think it'll be bigger and bigger um like it's already grown a lot a lot of the like all of the pros and stuff you know that we all do really uh strict training now but it's kind of yeah i saw the same thing like i saw a big hole in the atv side
0: i i believe that you're going to run more into the professional mechanic side uh back in the old days your mechanic was your was your training partner, was your confidant, was your counselor, was your babysitter, was everything. And, and, and that's one of the thing that's that's missing in the ATV world is, is having that guy that's there helping you do the maintenance and carrying through, carrying you through, um, you know, I've worked with more riders than, than you can probably count. And, um, it's, it's, It's sad when you don't work with those writers anymore. Um, But it's also good because you get to see them progress and the things that you teach them, they take, they've taken what you've learned, what they've learned from you and they take it to another level or they adapt the new things they're learning and they combine them and you, you get to see a product of your of what you've done grow. Some guys retire, you know, I've, yeah. I've retired more than I've, that more than have moved on. So that, that's kind of sad, but it's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I've been doing this, uh, since the early nineties. Wow. Yeah. Probably longer than you've been alive.
1: Yeah. I was born in, uh,
0: 2000. Well, yeah. Longer than you've been alive. <laughs> Oh. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's nothing that's wrong right. with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You, you, we all have to start somewhere. One of the biggest things that I think that you young guys miss, there's a whole history behind you. There's a whole bunch of guys that paved the way for you. I know you've seen some of those older videos when Chad was young. Well, there's a whole group of guys that started racing three wheelers in the '70s, and that's where the industry started. Mm-hmm. And, and it's uh, forgotten.
1: I know oh, I really wish I knew more about it because like I, I feel like I barely know anything about the past. I know Jeremiah Jones and a little bit of that era of racing, but three wheelers and stuff like I know nothing about, which sucks. I wish I knew more.
0: Well, I have three wheeler legends on the show. Jimmy White, Marty Hart. uh uh Mike Coe, Jim Babbitt's coming on, on Friday, tomorrow. Um, you know, these guys were all old three-wheeler, Tracy Dixon. You know, these were all old three-wheeler guys. Really? Um, Ted Trey won the first GNCC championship on a three-wheeler in 84. You know, his episode comes out in a few weeks. and, and Yeah there's a lot of history and there's a lot of things that they talk about and uh, a lot of involvement in development to where you are today. I mean, because I didn't get to chew the dirt with some of those guys. They were, those were guys that I was idolizing when I was a, a teenager rolling into it. Um, you know, cause my dad was involved in the beginning stages back when they were hard tail nineties. Yeah. So I was wow. born into this. I didn't, I didn't choose this. I mean, I would have chosen it most likely anyways, but, but I was born into this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, wow. Over my right shoulder. And that's a PC mm-hmm. 70 suspended chassis. Really? Yep. Dang. Yeah. Um, probably from the eighties. Wow. Yeah. So that's sweet. My dad bought that, and it was hanging on the wall in the shop when he ran it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it moved, and my brother took over, it got it got brought home and set in the garage, and it's been sitting there ever since.
1: Wow. Yeah, and he's dang.
0: You know, I got an eighty five year old dad that's like a kid in a candy store when he comes out to the shop. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, dude, he's a, Most of the young guys I know can't keep up with him. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, for about six hours of the day, he's freaking on fire for about six hours, and then you know he peters out. But yeah, uh, you know it's it, it's still fun to watch him teach. You know, I mean, he teaches us. He, he, we've been doing this a long time, and he's still teaching us. Wow, yeah, that's sweet. We're we're very blessed. Very blessed. Brandon, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me. I know that you have a rigorous schedule and I'm keeping you up late tonight. Um, I would like to invite you back. Like I do everybody. um, uh, End of the year, middle of the year, whenever you have an update, um, you win that moto or you win that race and you better be contacting me so that, so that we can get you on and talk about it. I love to hear stories like that, uh, whatever it is, if you have news or if you just want to talk dude, hit me up, we'll get you on the show and we'll, we'll have a conversation about racing or training or whatever it is that you want to talk about, because you know, it's all about you anyways.
1: Let's do it. Uh, I'm, I'm in, I'll definitely try to reach out to you. Maybe, uh, well, maybe we'll do like a middle of the year update and see, see where I'm at. That
0: would be cool. That'd be great. No problem. You just reach out when you're ready. And, you know, this is going to, people are going to laugh when I say this. I want more than one word answers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, like when you asked me to be, like, I'm not a, I'm just not a good talker. I just like, I'm a quieter kid, (laughs) but I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it.
0: I, dude, I didn't notice because you were awesome you're you're flowing, you're oh really nice about the information that you're putting out there, and that's what it's all about, you know you you're very confident about what you're talking about. So I don't maybe you just don't enjoy talking to other people, but you have knowledge, and I believe as you get better at what you do, the writers are going to come to you for that knowledge. Um, so just remember don't teach him everything you got to keep yeah. you got to keep some tricks in the bag for yourself yeah
1: no I, I appreciate that i i'm trying to be uh yeah i mean i feel like my like i mean podcasts and stuff and like talking about uh, myself i feel better at but yeah i'm just a i'm a quiet guy right now but when there's stuff that i'm passionate about man i could talk for 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 days, you know,
0: so yeah, man, and, and you, you expressed yourself well, and I appreciate it because it intrigued me and I really enjoy talking about that stuff. Yes. I'm older and I'm got a, I got a pot belly and, um, you know, I get it. I eat the wrong foods and I don't train as much as I should, but you know what? I'm 54 years old. Give me a break.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're doing great, man.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and and there again, uh, hit me up when you're ready mid season. And uh, I know you're going to be busy. I know you got a lot of things on your plate, um, but we can schedule something and 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 get you on and and find out how the training program worked for the year and how, and how you're doing and and uh, hopefully you'll uh, be telling me about that win.
1: Well, let's do it.
0: All right, brother. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. You have a great night. And again, thank you for coming on ATV Talk. We really appreciate you.
1: Hey, no, I appreciate it more than you know. Uh, Thank you. And I'll uh, be back on soon. All right, man. I'll talk to you later.
0: The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom T
1: that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
0: San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience. Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolution.org Or call for an appointment. 619-987-8875.
1: Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years
0: in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us, on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk news. See you next time.